Welcome to Questioning Your Answers podcast, where we explore beauty and transform our narratives. We're so excited to um, be able to converse with a good friend of ours, Charlie Simonka. Charlie, we want to welcome you to this conversation and um, we're so grateful for the opportunity to have this chat. I'm glad to be here, Marianne. We uh, met Charlie a number of years ago and we've been so encouraged by his story, a story that has so many twists and turns it's sometimes difficult to even think of where to begin (laughs) to convey the the beauty and the wonder of the story. But something significant happened two years ago. Maybe that's a good place to start, Charlie. Well, back in uh, November of 2018, um, I was uh, planning to begin a doctorate degree in pastoral counseling in, in January of 2019. And in the midst of those plans, Andre, you had sent me an email uh, about Mimesis Academy uh, yeah. and just telling me all about the school. And you, you guys, you and Marianne were here in June of 2018 for the first time at the Rising. And we you were saying, in, yes, yes. You were saying in the um, email that you meant to tell me about the school, uh, but you wanted to do that now, and you wanted to know if I was interested in in attending. And I think we actually had maybe had some conversation about that uh, when you were here. So I thought to myself, oh, this is great. I wish I could do it, but um, I'm going to start this doctorate, and I won't be able to do both. Uh, so maybe I'll wait until uh, 2020 uh, to start the program. But then as a couple of weeks went by and I had this just nagging feeling inside me that said, you've got to do this now. I just I couldn't get away from it. You've got to do this now. Don't wait. Um, and of course, now I actually look can look back on that and understand why I had that nagging feeling. But at the time, I didn't understand it. But I went with it, and I, and I decided to forsake the doctorate for now in pastoral counseling mm. and enter Mimesis Academy in January 2019. And it's funny, as we get to the end of the two-year run in Mimesis Academy, I have no desire to uh, get that doctorate degree in pastoral counseling. No desire. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was already on a path of deconstructing so many things theologically and so many um, ways that we looked at God and the world and life. I was already on that path, but mm. Mimesis kind of took it to another level. These courses just really took it to another level. And, and I would say um, every one of these courses had such great impact on me. Even the first course on desire, it was hard for me at first, and I think it's hard for a lot of people, to look at desire yeah. as, as, as all imitative and nothing is of yourself. I was taught in a counseling school something totally different about desire. So 
But as I went through the course, I really began to understand that this is really true. And Rene Girard had tapped into something that was so true about human beings. And um, so I did, I I had to forsake all my preconceived ideas about desire and really enter this. And I'm telling you, it really helped me to understand desire in the way that the Messis Academy was teaching it. Um, So that was just kind of a first little thing. But as I said, all the courses were just wonderful. There was a lot of deconstruction going on. But when we got to scripture as conversation, that was the the kicker for me. I mean, and I had um, come to the place going through that course that I could let go of the whole belief that the Bible is inerrant and how we have interpreted everything through that belief. We framed all our beliefs around this one um, thing about the Bible that that it's inerrant. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. going through this course gave me so much more appreciation for the scripture than I ever had when I believed in its inerrancy. And that's just makes me laugh today. But (laughs) because people think that, you know, ascribing to it this this quality of inerrancy is somehow giving it great honor Mm. and great value. But actually the result of that approach to scripture is that many people just lose the desire to engage with it. Because Mm. uh, if it is inerrant, then there's only one way of understanding it. Uh, 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 This is a simplistic summary, but this is what we have found with so many people where we've ministered, where uh, this book becomes so holy, Mm. and I'm so inadequate to engage with it, but I'll just leave it up to the professionals to tell me mm. what the interpretation is. Yeah. But, but how amazing to find yourself drawn into a conversation where your voice is valued, mm. yes. where, where there's actually a relationship forming with the story and, and the dimensions of meaning that opens up when we come out of that inerrancy view. Yes. It's just mm. Yes, so many new dimensions of meaning. And it even continued in that course, Andre, because looking at the scripture through the lens of the word subvert really yes. just captured me. It, it really captured me, approaching the scriptures as an ongoing conversation. Um, yes. Uh, until I did the courses, I I had missed many central themes of the scripture. I felt like after I took that course, how could I have missed some of these central themes of the scripture? And what caused me to miss these themes was the way I was approaching the scripture as inerrant yeah. and, and other ways I approached the scripture. So, and finding out uh, where the the greatest revelation is contained in the scripture. Um, it seemed to occur. The greatest revelation seemed to occur when God himself would enter the conversation with individuals. That was just so fascinating for me to understand uh, yeah. that 
the way God would enter the conversation to subvert an idea. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that, an idea that for me, you know, that enriches our experience of this text so much because I remember as well having that approach where all text is God's word. Mm. And, uh, and the implication was that all texts carry the same value, that the Bible from beginning to end says the same thing about the same mm. themes. Mm. Uh, and that becomes confusing very quickly because in one text it would say, say you know, Yahweh told us to uh, prepare these sacrifices. And mm -hmm. then in another text, Yahweh would say, whoever gave you the idea of sacrifice, yeah. your sacrifices and offerings, I do not desire. Yeah. Uh, and, and that little word that you said, subversion, mm. opens up a story in which certain ideas are inverted from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. So sacrifice in the beginning of the Bible does not mean the same mm. by the time Jesus is finished with unveiling what it actually yes. is mm. about. It's a complete, total inversion of the meaning. Mm -hmm. And the best stories are stories that surprise you. I yes. mean, what kind of story is worth pursuing if it just says the same thing mm. over wow. and over from beginning to end? So true. Yeah. So true. I mean, I just got so invigorated by this course. It really did change everything in the way I approached Scripture, but the way I approached teaching and preaching to a church, it was just it just helped me so much. And the one story that really just blew me away um, was the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22, which mm. was, I thought was the biggest shift at that time in, in subverting sacrifice. The story was such a graphic rejection of human sacrifice. It, you know, where Abram, uh, probably the audience that was listening to that story had to be in disbelief a God who gives, a God who provides, it mm. must have blown the mind of the listeners um, that, that God interrupted the familiarity of the story by interrupting the sacrifice because the, the listeners are expecting this sacrifice. Um, yes. And this God stopped the sacrifice. Uh, this God, yeah. <laughs> the God, uh, the, the gods didn't do that. They didn't stop the yes. sacrifice. A story about God who doesn't demand anything, but he gives and blesses. Wow. I thought that was such a game changer in, in the process of uh, changing our view on sacrifice. And yes. uh, the, the conversation was just getting started right there uh, uh, yeah. about yeah. who this God really is and what this God is really like. So, that course um, was amazing to me, as all of them were, but particularly where I was, that yeah. course just struck me in so many ways and changed so many things for me. And um, I'm forever grateful for that for that particular course. Wow. Sure. Uh, I think that was the history of sacrifice. Eh? So we started off with... Um, mm -hmm. 
desire and cell formation. Then it was, I think there was one course in between that and scriptures conversation. And then we did the, um, I think the history of sacrifice, which for me as well, you know, discovering that theme of sacred violence Mm. or what became known as sacrifice and how it unfolds, where it began and, and, how it has its culmination in Jesus, you, you know, showing that yes. exactly what you say. We're, we're busy with a God who doesn't justify our violence, mm. who doesn't demand our sacrifice, but the God who would rather suffer our violence than um, participate. participate in it. Mm. A, a God who would rather give himself than just demand gifts from us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Jesus also making this scandalous Mm. declaration that he did not come to be served. I mean, what kind of God is that? He doesn't demand service. Mm. I did not come to be served, but to serve. Mm. This is complete inversion of our understanding of relationship between this God and cre- and his creation. Yes. A God who, who doesn't want to be served, but who pours himself out into his creation. Mm. You know, that, mm. That's enough to, you know, upset yeah. any kind of religion we've been involved <laughs> yes, in. Yes, I mean, there, there was so much when we got to Jesus, the crescendo. I mean, just the Jesus being the forgiving victim just will blow you away. Um, mm. in, in the whole, uh, when you look at society and how society was built and what society had become, then Jesus yes. becomes the forgiving victim, man, that, mm. that is just a concept that you could, you could teach forever. Really? Yes. Yeah. I think um, so you've if- just mentioned there the flow, Charlie, of the thoughts, you know, starting with um, desire and going yes. through scripture and then Jesus, the crescendo. And I know maybe for a lot of people a- addressing, you know, going to that point, they, w- they want to go, come on, quickly bring Jesus into the picture. Mm. <laughs> Help mm. us feel safe. But um, I think what we've discovered and, and why that first course as well is so personal is you know we all approach this whole journey and we approach scripture with our own personal lens um we see it from a perspective um of who we are (laughs) and um so that's why it's so important to get to the bottom of what is it i desire Mm. and what is it that is motivating those desires and then to start looking at the scriptures in terms of what you've just said as well, where they're in conversation with their surrounding culture, where those belief systems come from. Yes. And then by the time you you get to the point where you realize this message is so subversive, it mm. is so transformational because it's this – which is what subversion is from the inside out. It grabs you at a point where you realize every foundation of yours (laughs) is just rattled and suddenly able to erupt into something so 
meaningful and um, obviously in your in your journey meaning has changed for you around those particular things yeah absolutely it's changed everything that I do or it's changed my thinking and even you know the great thing about it was as much as that changed the first year <laughs> i was in for a ride because a lot more things were going to change as we continued uh down this path um but andre you were mentioning some other things there were some other courses meaning um of the myths you know we 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 got to understand like uh, marianne was saying where all these things came from and how they became beliefs and how they became relevant. And I think that's important for people who really want to study the scripture um, to understand that, that there are other sources that can actually help you interpret the scripture. Red Rene Girard's work helped me tremendously to understand uh, what was really going on in the scripture, why it was written, some, why some of the things were written the way they were written. And yeah. so all that understanding, I think the, the school itself to me, I, I think I've told you this before, I would call it more of a humanities school because we are looking at all the humanities and seeing how they help us interpret the scripture. Where a lot of times in Christianity, we, we want to just take those sources and say, and throw them out instead of really look at them, because this has helped me interpret the scripture in, in just some, some powerful ways. And even things like this year, being able to start to look for the unconscious in the scripture yes. just gives it, I mean, newer meaning than, than you could have even imagined without having the mindset of looking for the unconscious in, in, yes. in a portion of scripture. So it's that journey with scripture for me has yeah. been yeah. so wonderful um, and so enlightening and just, it continues. Yes. I, I'm reminded of the fact that the scripture itself refers to many other sources as well. Mm. Now, most definitely the way I began my studies of the scripture was to interpret scripture by scripture. That's still a principle that has its place. But very often people only understand the themes in the context of scripture. Mm. And the Bible itself doesn't testify to that principle to that extreme because it Mm. continues refers to sources, to books, to things that are extra-biblical, that's beyond the Scriptures. And um, I know for myself, one of the major insights that helped me have a different approach to the text is when I realized how many of the stories that we have, specifically in the first 11 chapters Mm. of Genesis, how many of those stories we have older versions of those stories mm-hmm. which are uh, non-biblical mythology but they speak about adam they speak about the creature that uh, stole immortality mm-hmm. from them it speak it speaks about the same themes of wisdom immortality the relationship between god and man and 
and our questions regarding death, mm-hmm. it's got the same characters in yes. But once I started appreciating that Genesis 1 to 11 actually has a much older history, and that mm. story developed and was then rewritten in the form that we have now, where it retains some of the things that are similar, but it also radically reinterprets mm. the message of myths. That opened up a world of meaning and, and multiple layers of meaning that you would never get to if you only read uh, that text without that background. Yes, no question. Again. No question. Yeah. Yes. Now, I know, Charlie, that even while all these um, all these thoughts and all these constructs and desires and things were busy churning within you and mm. being subverted in you, that the effect was much greater than just I'm thinking a little bit differently than what I thought before. Yeah. There were some things happening and some stories that you started sharing with us. And I don't think we have time for that in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe by with the next podcast, we can start dealing about, I think that's one specific relationship um, with your dad that underwent such a yes. surprise transformation. I'd love for us to get to that. Uh, we'll just say goodbye. If there's one last thought that you want to leave with the um, with our friends listening, mm-hmm. you're welcome to, and then we'll do another recording another day. Uh, maybe just a quick couple thoughts. Some of the things that we're going to talk about in the next podcast I only mentioned in the first year of Mimesis. Um, And I think what I learned in Mimesis the first year actually was the process that opened me up really in the second year to really um, have these wounds exposed in me and, 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 and Abba to bring healing to these wounds. So there was a process there going on too, because I just was almost afraid to, to delve that deep into the woundedness that was inside me over a lot of things uh, in my life. And um, uh, just one last thing about our scripture conversation, the versaholic mentality is the complete Mm. opposite of scripture as conversation. So, and (laughs) I can actually, I'm free to say that in my church now, which is awesome. So, uh, and they, and they all amen me, so <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it is. Uh, well, Charlie, we we so look forward to the next conversation, yes. and uh, so appreciate your time. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you guys and, for having um, me on. That's a joy, and friends, don't miss the next episode with Charlie. The, this story is just Not beginning. Finished. <laughs> um, there's going to be some exciting things happening. Thank you for joining us today and please don't forget to subscribe on our website qyourapodcast.com.